Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 201, Poisoning the Well. It's January 31st, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and sometimes funny girl. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. There is no longer any music for my podcast intros or outros. I invite you to get other social media or content creators to ditch the music when combined with voice because that would be helpful to people who have hearing loss or who are hard of hearing. End of non-musical intro. Poisoning the well. Oh my heavens, people. This wasn't on my list. No, it was not. It came came in fast out of the blue. So before I dive into poisoning the well, which I don't know what you'll think about it, but I found it very fascinating. Uh, do visit my website to enter my giveaway. As I mentioned in the podcast intro, nothing I say in this podcast is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice. I do have transcripts on my hosting platform rss.com. They are not in a great format. I'm working to get that corrected. I will let you know when that's corrected. Last but not least, if you are feeling suicidal, hopeless, or life is too hard for you, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 273-8255 or call or text 988. There is help available. Please take the help. Poisoning the well. (laughs) I'm laughing. It is not funny. This is bad. However, I'm kind of laughing because it came out of the blue and then the research I was looking up was very fascinating. So as a phrase, poisoning the well, it's actually an idiom. And the definition or kind of the meaning is to tarnish someone's or something's reputation, credibility, or trustworthiness. It also means to commit a preemptive ad hominem, meaning abusive, attack against an opponent to prime the audience with adverse information about the opponent from the start in an attempt to make your claim more acceptable or discount the credibility of your opponent's claim. This Poisoning the well falls under what's called a logical fallacy. This is very interesting to me as a rational thinker, and it has many applications for you if you're a writer or possibly at work, certainly if you do research. This this actually has some really good applications. So a logical fallacy, first of all, logical fallacy is a noun, and it's defined as a clearly defined error error in reasoning used to support or refute an argument excluding simple unintended mistakes and it's also defined as a fallacy in large logical argumentation so a logical fallacy is an argument that can be disproven through reasoning it's different from a subjective argument that can be disproven by facts. For a position to be a logical fallacy, it must be logically flawed or 
deceptive in some way. Interestingly enough, logical fallacies have actually been written about since the beginning of mankind, I was surprised to learn. Aristotle, for example, identified 13 fallacies or logical fallacies, which he divided into verbal and material fallacies in one of his works. They are common. Logical fallacies are extremely common. To, to lay this out for you, I'm going to give you some examples because I think this is so helpful. We'll come back to poisoning the well as a particular logical fallacy, but ad hominem is an attack to invalidate an opponent's position based on a personal trait or fact about the opponent rather than through logic. You may have heard of that. Red herring is another type of logical, fa uh, logical fallacy. That is an attempt to shift focus from the debate or issue at hand by introducing an irrelevant point. That, by the way, people, is done by narcissists, psychopaths, borderline personality disorder people, people who are abusers. It's uh, like smoke and mirrors get you away from the issue at hand. And so that's called a red herring. Straw man is another form, and that is an argument that, that argues against a hyperbolic or inaccurate version of the opponent rather than their actual argument. In the research, this was the example given. I'm taking it right from the research because I'm like, hmm. So in the example, Aaron thinks we need to stop using all plastics right now to save the planet from climate change. Okay. Equivocation is a statement crafted to mislead or confuse readers or listenings by using multiple meanings or interpretations of a word or simply through unclear phrasing. Slippery slope, you've heard that one. That's also a logical fallacy. That's when the arguer claims a specific series of events will follow one starting point, typically with no supporting evidence for the chain of events. And lastly, hasty generalization. That's a statement made after considering just one or a few examples rather than relying on more extensive research to back up the claim. Actually, there's one more. Appeal to authority. This is the last logical fallacy. The arguer, in appeal to authority, the arguer claims an authority figure's expertise to support a claim despite this expertise being irrelevant or overstated. There are many more different types of logical fallacies, but in real life, understanding a little tiny bit about that could be helpful to you, in my humble opinion, which is why I included it. And I'm gonna add on another concept. So in looking at the research on poisoning the well, this is how I ended up looking at logical fallacies, one other, Two other concepts came up that are worth including because they're kind of wrapped up in poisoning the well. One is prejudice. So prejudice as a noun is defined as a preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. And poisoning the well is a form of present prejudice. 
It also falls under what's called a cognitive bias. And this subject was very fascinating to me and I think could be very helpful to all of us being human. What is a cognitive bias? Well, a cognitive bias is a systematic cognitive disposition or inclination in human thinking and reasoning that often does not comply with the tenets of logic, probability, reasoning, and plausibility. It's errors in thinking. These biases distort an individual's perceptions of reality. Well, that's helpful because I personally want to live in reality, real reality, and I'd like you to live in real reality. So cognitive biases, which by the way, according to the literature, there's over 180 cognitive biases. Like, like what? What? Yeah, so here's 15 of them. And some of them you have heard of, but you might not know what they mean. I'm not going to get into the definitions. I'm just kind of introducing this before we, we pull this all together for poisoning the well. So the placebo effect, two, bystander effect, three, halo effect, four, in-group bias, five, confirmation bias, six, anchoring, seven, co sunk cost effect, eight, self-serving bias, nine, belief bias, ten, groupthink. 10, negativity bias, 12, optimism bias, 13, pessimism bias, 14, spotlight effect, and 15, just world hypothesis. Well, I think I can claim that I have the optimism bias, and I did discuss the negativity bias in a previous podcast. So these are common, and what's helpful is, is to understand that they exist, and you're probably, like me, use multiple cognitive biases. This is helpful. Now, the one thing, other piece that came up, which I found interesting, is this term, the ostrich effect. Now, the ostrich effect or the ostrich problem is a cognitive bias on how people often avoid negative information, including feedback that could help them monitor their goals or progress. And that's really synonymous with burying your head in the sand, which of course I, I'd never recommend that. And people who become self-aware and have emotional processing abilities and emotional intelligence, we don't bury our heads in the sand. We might have an optimism bias, but anyway. All right, so let's wrap it, pull this all together for poisoning the well. So poisoning the well is considered a logical fallacy that is a cognitive bias that involves dismissing someone due to a perceived flaw. So poisoning the well, which we already heard was an idiom, is a logical fallacy that is also a cognitive bias where someone is dismissed due to a perceived flaw. Now, poisoning the well can be malicious and therefore intentional. It could be accidental due to ignorance, misinformation, or some other misperception, misperception, or due to something else. So poisoning the well can happen accidentally. In this podcast, I'm really dealing with the intentional because the accidental you'll have to kind of clear up on your own. So what are some situations where someone would intentionally poison the well. Well, there's quite a few. I only have a list of, I think, 10 of them. So number one, 
Poisoning the well is a strategic tactic, a strategic tactic of narcissists, psychopaths, and others who have a mental health illness. This is what they do, period. It's part of smear campaigns, part of uh, triangulation. Poisoning the well is just one of the things that people who have a certain mental health diagnosis will engage in, almost guaranteed. Two, irrational thinkers. So because of flawed, inaccurate, or warped thinking, their perceptions and views then become off-base, which can lead to dismissing someone due to a perceived flaw. Three, this is an action also done by haters. (laughs) (laughs) to malign your character name or good reputation. Four, it is sometimes an action taken by people who are jealous, envious, or or resentful of you, but may not be in your haters category and may not also fall under a mental health diagnosis. Five, it is the intention of a smear campaign. Poisoning the well is the intention of a smear campaign. And some of the flying monkeys may unwittingly poison the well because they don't know they're participating in a smear campaign. Six, individuals who lack self-awareness or have an inaccurate self-perception can engage in poisoning the well. Seven, when a false narrative is in play, poisoning the well may not be far behind. And false narratives are more common than you might realize. Eight, my new favorite phrase, well, it's not my new favorite phrase, but my new new made-up term is garden variety abusers. Garden variety abusers, meaning not otherwise specified in the list I've covered this far, will also do this. This is part of what they do. Nine, um, people who want you to lose in life. There are people who don't want you to succeed and they are likely to poison the well. And 10, this is used in us versus them situations of many, many varieties. Too many to to go on. So this whole idea of poisoning the well has many applications. You can find it in political campaigns, definitely political campaigns, divorces. Sometimes it's employed in negotiations in competitive situations where there are disagreements. It can be used where there are perceived injustices. Notice I use the word perceived injustices and clearly in revenge. Now, when I'm talking about unintentional or accidental poisoning the well, uh, you know, that happens for some of the reasons I already listed. If someone is irrational in their thinking, their thinking is flawed. Their their view of life is inaccurate. And they may poison the well, you know, not out of malice, because their thinking is completely off base. So I'm not even going to get into all, all the different ways that could happen, but I think you get the idea. So why is this important? When you as a person are committed to solid, healthy, and happy relationships with the people in your life, 
this could be a problem that you may not be aware of. Sometimes when you do your due diligence on a relationship and things just are off, maybe you can't quite sort it out, you can't find the evidence or the basis for why things are off, but things in the relationship are off and you are left scratching your head and wondering what's up, what's going on. It could be a poisoning the well situation going on in the background. Now, I do have two podcasts worth a mention in this context of poisoning the well before I move on, which is one is called, What is Your Evidence? What is Your Evidence talks about the different ways to drill down to understand people and using logic. And it's something that I'll say, help me understand your thinking, help me understand why you come to that conclusion, you know, that, that whole piece. So there's a podcast titled, What is Your Evidence That Might Be Helpful? And the second one is, Seek First to Understand, which is always how I've operated. And that will give you some support for this topic, because sometimes when you've looked at psychology and you've done your emotional processing and you're looking at everything the relationship dynamic is not making sense it's off and sometimes it's off because of an outside influence like poisoning the well which could blindside you you might be completely blindsided but once you figure it out you can then begin to process your emotions and you can figure out you know, is there a way you should respond or not respond? Well, that depends on so many factors. So this is important as a piece of what could be going on in some relationships, especially when the relationship is is off or something shifted or it just isn't isn't right. Now, this is a very emotionally painful topic. Poisoning the well is just painful. It's painful whether it's accidental or or malicious. It's more painful, I think, when it's malicious. But it will cause problems. And, And that is, of course, in the intentional world, why people do it. So for you, you might find out that, you know, there's this poisoning the well situation that's been going on for years. And then things start to make sense. My suggestion is... You go to my website and download my free emotional processing workbook and get to work on your emotions because this is extremely painful. This is problematic and painful. So this also underscores, this poisoning the well underscores the importance or the significance of rational thinking, self-awareness, growing and developing, having emotional abilities, seeking first to understand, understanding how to drill down and get to the evidence and being awake and aware. It's really, this really kind of underscores it. Now there are dysfunctional parents who make one of their children be the scapegoat and are poisoning the well all the time. That's what they do. If you're a parent and you've made your child a scapegoat, you are poisoning the well with the other children and probably anybody else who listens to you. Parents who play favorites are also frequently 
guilty of poisoning the well as they have a bias for one child and that other non-golden child, you know, gets the fallout. So I think you might not be understanding that this is probably more common than you realize. It is painful. So let me wrap this up by giving you some suggestions. Number one, take a breath. Breathe, 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 and understand this is simply what some people do. Sad, tragic, but it is what some people do. Two, deal with your own emotions, your own feelings and emotions about that. Because from my view, when this has happened to me, and oh yes, it's happened, you know it's happened to me. It's very painful. It's just so incredibly painful. I, 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 um, I'm trying to think. I thought I had something in this podcast about psychonew. Yeah, I do. Okay, I'll come back to that. So deal with your own emotions. Use my workbook. Number three, get to work on yourself. Grow like crazy. Make sure that you have rational thinking. Get to work on your self-awareness and have an accurate self perception and other skills because that will be very helpful number four self-care boost it like a boss if you find out that someone's been poisoning the well number five action versus no action well this is a complex question because there's a myriad of factors that is why i'm recommending you go pull my emotional workbook and start to go through it because there are some instances where you may want to take an action and action may be appropriate. There may be other situations where action is not appropriate and might make it worse. You have to make sure your thinking is rational and that you've looked at all of the elements as I lay them out in my emotional processing workbook. Six, focus on making your life so amazing. <laughs> go for it. Like, like, just like go have the best possible life. Now, that's not going to reduce the pain. The pain, pain is pain and pain is going to be there for you to deal with. It will, however, help you have this beautiful, amazing life. And if, and if people are poisoning the well on purpose or with malice, that'll really set them off. You going off and having this rich, beautiful, amazing life, That'll, that will just burn their bridges. They will be so bad. So make your life amazing. Number seven, remember that no matter what happens, you for the most part, you cannot change other people. They have to change themselves. They have to be motivated to change. And that can be hard and problematic, but it is what it is. Number eight, take the high road. Please, please, please do not stoop to their level. I'm not saying don't take an action. There may be action that's appropriate or not. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is you make sure that you take the high road and that you are not stooping to their low level. Number nine, this is especially troubling when it involves children, teens, young adults, or adult children. And that happens frequently. It happens in divorces. It happens when there's a narcissistic or psychopathic parent. It, you know, it happens when you have a toxic narcissistic sibling. There are all kinds of ways it happens to children, teens, young adults, and adult children. So for, for this instance, my recommendation is you, listening to this podcast, you 
model. You role model healthy behavior. You role model rational thinking. You introduce, if it's your child or grandchild, to emotional processing. I would print out the workbook and give it to them and go through it with them. You demonstrate healthy coping strategies. Yes, and boundaries. Yes, standalone self-esteem. You do that. That's the best you can do if it's your child or your children or your grandchildren or your niece or nephew or someone else. You are unlikely, it's extremely unlikely that you will be able to stop anyone from poisoning the well. It's just unlikely. You can be hopeful, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it. But this is a huge opportunity for you. You grow yourself like crazy and you be the role model. That will make a difference because of the ripple effect eventually, I promise you. Number 10, you do not have to defend yourself. Sometimes people will feel, because I felt that way in the past, where you have to defend yourself for your actions or whatnot. And you can do that. I've done that. <laughs> I've, done, I've done lots of things. But, and, and I'm not telling you not to defend yourself. I'm not telling you to defend yourself. I'm not telling you don't defend yourself. I'm simply stating you do not have to defend yourself when you are living a good life, being good, and doing all the things that I recommend. And, and I think that's helpful for people to know because sometimes if people don't realize that, they feel like they have to defend themselves. You do not. Uh, number 11, love and affection. Oh my goodness, people. Lots of podcasts on love and affection. That will be very valuable because love is very valuable. It doesn't have to be romantic. You can just have pl plat platonic love and affection. I have no skin in the game for what kind of love and affection you have. Just make sure you have it. Number 12. Psychoneuroimmunology. Well, this is extremely valuable when something is painful, when a painful situation happens, painful event where there's painful emotions. And I, I, I'm chuckling. This is not funny. Okay, what I'm going to say is not funny. But so just recently, I had this painful thing happen to me, this discovery maybe poisoning the well, maybe, maybe blindsided, maybe anything. And my right ankle, heel and foot, which is where my worst kind of injury was in the, in all of the broken bones from my car accident last Labor Day became suddenly very more swollen, more painful and throbbing, which it had not been throbbing since October, early October. It hadn't been that painful since early October because I took myself off of prescription pain meds the first week in October. So this was a sudden and dramatic change in the status of my foot ankle heel injury. Now, <laughs> because I'm a diehard fan and love psychoneuroimmunology and I have used that concept in my life for decades not knowing there was science to support it I immediately well I wouldn't say immediately but within a couple hours went ah oh, yeah this is a change ah oh, oh maybe this is because of my blindsided poison the well all the stuff that I just realized so I then got to work on managing and processing my emotions immediately as soon as I made the connection. Notice I didn't instantly make the connection. I noticed there was a change and I was thinking, did I, did I walk too much today? 
did, did I do something? Then I eventually ultimately made the connection. And by the next morning, having spent some time working on processing out my painful emotions for what I had recently learned, my foot ankle heel was back to quote unquote, its normal status, meaning not throbbing, not painful. I mean, it's swollen, but it's, it's, going to be swollen apparently for a little while although i'm taking vitamin c and magnesium and the swelling seems to have gone way down so psychoneuroimmunology in my humble opinion is a very valuable concept because it happens to people they will find out someone's poisoning the well and then they come down with a cold or they will find out someone's backstabbed them or done a smear campaign if it's not poisoning the well some other version of a painful event and then they have something happen like they develop an illness or whatnot so psychoneuroimmunology is one of my favorite things and i do have a podcast on neuroplasticity of the brain and psychoneuroimmunology but it was just timely that that happened and i'm including that i'm sharing with you that you know, I am not immune to having fit emotional pain show up in my body, even though I'm good with my emotions. So it's the body's way of saying, hey, pay attention to me. And I did. I, I Once I made the connection, I was like, oh, I need to do some emotional processing. So regardless, my last kind of piece to this is that this it beyond, is beyond painful. Like it's, it's just really horrible. But I'm not a fan of letting anybody ruin my life. I'm not I'm not willing to let anyone ruin my life. And guess what? There's a gang of people who've tried. <laughs> oh, there's there's a few people who would still, if they could access or could, they would. But don't let anyone ruin your life. If you find out that there's a poisoning the well situation that's been going on in your life use it to propel your life forward you will have to manage the pain of it because it's painful but please don't let other people ruin your life they may try let them try but when you get your emotional and mental fitness house in order and you are working on your beautiful life and you're learning new things and growing life will shift I promise you, but please do not let this, if poison the well has happened, do not let it ruin your life. I, I understand how deeply painful it is. I hope that's been helpful to you because this is just, this is just not, not a pretty topic, but a, but a common one, as you saw. I do love you. That's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 201, Poisoning the Well. I hope you have some new ideas about how to handle this, if this has happened to you. Certainly you have some other new concepts under your belt. Please share this podcast on social media so we can get other people to move into having a great life. I love you. That's it for now.